We've been talking about enemies of faith. All right, let's just dive right into this. Enemies of faith, things that can be enemies to your faith if you let it, but we're not going to let it. Amen? Enemy number one is a lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. Lack of, of knowledge of the finished work of Jesus. Lack of, of knowledge of the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the word of Christos, Christ. The way that you read scripture, you, you read it through the lens of the finished work of Jesus. There's a difference between the old covenant and new covenant. We're not in that old covenant, which was a relationship with God that was based on what you had to do to qualify for God's blessing. In contrast, the new covenant is a relationship with God that, that's based on what Jesus did to qualify you. You're already qualified, giving thanks to the Father who's qualified us to partake of the inheritance. Okay? So read the Bible through the lens of the finished work of Jesus. Your, your forgiveness is finished. We are sinless. Now, everybody sins because we were not perfect outwardly in our flesh, but our spirit is just like Jesus. Our spirit is perfect. Okay? <clears throat> now, I want to go back. We're going to jump into enemy number two, but Remember I told a story about those two guys on a, on a road to Emmaus after Jesus was raised from the dead, Cleophas and a friend of his, and they were on a seven-mile walk, and Jesus rolled up on, on them, and they didn't, their eyes were restrained where they didn't know who he was and, and so forth. And, and, and Jesus began to share with them uh, the word. Now, they didn't have Ephesians. <clears throat> this seemed to be obvious. But sometimes things, you know, sometimes obvious things are just not, people don't think about. Okay? It's just like Carla has a thing where um, like her sister-in-law come out and fish in our lake. Her, 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 um, her sister and brother-in-law. They clean that lake up. Fish don't have a chance. <clears throat> and uh, they'll go and they'll cook that catfish or whatever. But uh, they never bring us any. Now, I want some. Carlos doesn't want it because she said, well, that came out the lake. See, Carla thinks that the fish comes from the store. Now, she knows, she knows better than that. But when she sees the lake, and it's just like, this thing, it comes, what does that have to do with that? Well, sometimes people think when, like, Philip went to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them, okay? And Paul said, Christ in, right after he said, Christ in you, the hope of glory in uh, Colossians, he said, him we preach. So it's not like Paul got out 1 Corinthians, okay, right? He wrote it. So actually, what did, so how did he preach Christ? He didn't have Ephesians. He didn't have 1 John. 
Well, Jesus gave us the clue in that seven-mile uh, walk with those fellas. Um, he said, yeah, they were talking about Jesus and the stuff that he went through, and he died and he rose. The women that said that they saw him and, and so forth, and so some, some couple of the guys went to the tomb, and they didn't see him, and they were kind of, and they were walking, and the Bible says they were sad. And then Jesus, like, now remember, they didn't know it was him. And, and Jesus said, oh, foolish and slow of heart to believe all the things that the Scripture has spoken. You know, people can be in the Bible, um, and they can look at Scriptures and can quote them, but it's not the gospel. See, people can quote Scripture. It doesn't mean it's the gospel. Sometimes they're dealing with a, a, a law, which we're not under the law anymore, Okay, but so so these guys, they obviously knew scripture, but they didn't really know it. And so Jesus said, you foolish and slow of heart to believe all the scriptures that have spoken. And he said, in beginning with Moses and the prophets, that's the scriptures that they had at that time. Beginning with Moses and, and the prophets, he began to explain to them, watch this, in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Now, I brought up the fact that it was amazing to me that Jesus is talking to them, and it seems like to me, if they wanted, it's kind of like if I came up to you and said, I want you to get to know me. And so, here's a book that says all about me. And in fact, let me show you right here in this book, it says, and you would wonder, like, well, what? Wouldn't that be kind of strange to you if I'm standing right there and I wanted you to know about me? Just, just tell me. Don't forget about the book. But, but Jesus showed them in all the scriptures. I want to see that DVD when I get to heaven. I want to show them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He began to break down the, 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 the scriptures about him. That shows us... That, that God wants us to see him in his word. And so I was on my bike on my way to this conference I ministered at this week, and um, I did, just didn't want to go to the days I spoke. I wanted to go and get fed myself. So I rode my bike. I set a record. I rode 15 miles an hour from my house, 13 miles, and I rode from my house over to South Hannah Street, and it was... Um, Took me 55 minutes. I was so proud of myself. I said, "Say, good. That's good, Pastor. Amen." 55 minutes, man. I was. I left later than I, what I wanted to. I wanted to just kind of cruise so I wouldn't sweat. But I, I, I pushed it to get there. I had some wild socks on, some shorts. I wasn't conference looking. Uh, I was cool though. I'm always cool. I'm color coordinated. I had some wild socks on. And then they, uh, and sure enough, Bishop Bolden called me up to say something. <laughs> I had my, my, my uh, bike shoes on, you know, with, with the cleats. I'm walking up there, man. I said, I'm going to go up there cool. You know, Jesus is in me, right? And I shared some revelation that the, that the Lord gave me while I was on my bike. See, I, I love, one of the things I like about riding, sometimes when I'm riding, I just spend that time fellowshipping with the Lord. And I was, 
meditating on that verse in Colossians, him we preach. And then the Lord showed me this and about Paul and about, and it connected Paul's revelation with that seven-mile walk with those two guys. Because I used to think in this passage where it says, but I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which was preached by me. Listen, see, Paul wasn't one of the disciples that walked with Jesus. But he, he had revelation. He knew the gospel. Again, he didn't, he said, him we preach. He preached Christ. All right? So how did he preach Christ? He didn't walk with Christ. He didn't have Ephesians. <laughs> he had Ephesians in him. That's the way he was able to, to write it. Are y'all still with me? Huh? See, we don't have organ players here where he's And, you know, they wait and get in tune that. Any of y'all been in them churches? They tune that up and you know, when they think he's ready to close and all that kind of stuff. I'll just give you straight word. This is, this is teaching. Some people waiting for words and, you know, getting a word from God. I'm giving you a word from God. But some people, they don't want to read. They want somebody to prophesy over them. And I believe in prophecy and things like that. But we need to be students of the word. Amen? I'm operating in my gift. I have people accuse me more than one. They said I can't preach. Isn't that amazing? Preaching means to proclaim. See, what they're talking about. Now, their definition of preaching, no, I can't. I don't even know how to tune up and, and all that kind of stuff. I can't even do that. In fact, I used to think I wasn't called because if it was that, that's not, you know, I, I, you know, I, Lord, I can't do that. And I don't want to do it. Okay, you do what you want, but that's just not me. All right, so, all right, so anyway, this gospel, he says, not according, say the gospel. He says, not, not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I what? Nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, I used to think that, that God, I mean, Jesus just personally just kind of taught him and just showed him, just, he just started speaking to him. And on my bike, I got this revelation. Now, let's back this up a minute. Paul said that concerning in uh, Philippians 3, I believe verse 6, he says concerning, see, he grew up, but he said a Pharisee of Pharisees. He says in, in, um, concerning the righteousness which is of the law, blameless. So he knew the word. This wasn't just Jesus. This wasn't Jesus Speaking to him out of the sky, giving him revelation. What the Lord showed me on my bike, Trace, is that he taught Paul the same way he taught those two fellas on that road. He showed him the scriptures that he knew, but it wasn't the gospel. Because he went around as a Pharisee persecuting the church, standing by while Christians were put to death. But on the Emmaus Road, 
the Lord revealed himself to him, and he got saved. His name was changed from Saul of Tarsus to Paul the Apostle. Praise God. And so when he got, and, and then he got this revelation from Jesus, and I believe that what happened was, I believe this revelation I got from God. I never heard nobody teach on it. But I believe that he taught Paul from the scriptures that he knew and showed Paul himself in the scriptures. All right. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's go into enemy number two. Enemy number two, there's a fill in the blank on your notes if you got the app, is a, a failure to act like God's word is true. Oh, I, 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 what are you talking about, Pastor? Everybody believes the Bible is true. You ask people, do you believe the Bible? Yes. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. I believe the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. 39 books in the old, 27 in the new, 66 in all. I believe the Bible. Well, if you believe the Bible, then act like it's true. Well, people, uh, <laughs> there's a scripture that says that God swore that he'll never be angry with you. Well, I just think God's mad with me. Isaiah 54. I didn't plan to share this with you, but watch this. There's a rainbow in the sky to remind you. The rainbow not only means that God would never again destroy the earth through a flood, it means something else. And that's, by the way, at the end of Isaiah 54, where it says, in verse 17, a lot of people quote that. No weapon formed against me shall what? Prosper. You believe the Bible? Yas. Well, do you believe? No, really, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, not, I'm not being funny because people say they believe the Bible, but when it boils down to it, they're afraid. Well, i got this going on and that going on, and people against me, and, and the devil trying to destroy me, and the devil trying to do this. And Some people talk more about the devil than they do God. All the people, they're trying to do this to me. They're trying to do that to me. They're trying to do this. How many of you know we all get attacked? And I've been guilty. I mean, I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching to myself, too. I've been guilty sometimes. I get, see, whatever you focus on is what's going to come out of your mouth. If you focus on the word, the word, I mean, the word's going to be predominant in your life. You're going to speak the word, right? And see, to be carnally minded, that means you're controlled by your flesh. You're controlled by self-effort. And you, you, if you're into self-effort, to be carnally minded is death. 
you're going to live a life of death. That, that just doesn't mean dying physically. It means you're going to live a life of frustration and death. Everything that death produces, poverty, sickness. Okay? There's no way that I got my timer done. See, I told you about that clock. You can't trust it. So, what was I talking about? Calling minded, death, poverty, okay? Bad relationships, sickness. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded. See, when you're carnally minded, you focus on the things in the natural. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Okay? That means when you're spiritually minded, you focus on the finished work of Jesus. What God has already done through Jesus. Okay? You know no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So it don't make any difference what's coming against me. It, it, can't, it, 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 it can't affect me. All right? Again, I have to remind myself. When people come against me, I have to remind myself, no weapon formed against me should prosper. So I'm not going to get my eyes on them, and, I, and you can start turning red the more you think about your enemies and stuff and what they're trying to do to you and all this kind of stuff. Just know it won't prosper, that God's got your back. See, that's what I'm talking about. Act like the word is true. You say you believe, yes. Well, okay, well, act like it's true. Act like no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Right? Now, in that same chapter, in verse 9, it says, and I don't, I don't know how, I missed this for years, 30-some years. I never saw this, never paid attention to it. Sometimes we, we jump to a scripture, but, but, but this all, this actually is after this, the the chapter that talks about the cross and what Jesus did for us on the cross. And he, he was wounded for our transgressions and, and uh, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace, the chastisement to give us peace was on him. And by his stripes you are healed. That's in the, the, the chapter before that. Okay? That's the great redemption chapter. Now, Isaiah 54 talks about what we have after the cross. As a result of the finished work of Jesus, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Verse 14 says, in righteousness you, you will be established. We're established in righteousness. What's, we, see, your righteousness is based on not how you live, but, but, how, but what Jesus has done for you. Is it important to live right? Yes, but when you understand God's unconditional love and grace, you live better by accident than you ever could on purpose. I ain't got the mm, apple. Come out. Fruit. Mm. No. It's just as I abide in his love. Thank you, Jesus. I just abide. I just, just Lord, I thank you how much. Oh, you love me so much. See, that's why when, when you see people mad all the time and frustrated, they don't understand that no joy. Oh, my gosh. No joy, just always uptight and always. Like rocks in their jaws and stuff. Wait a minute. 
just receive his love for you and see that, that fruit of joy will just come out. You just love people and love everybody. You ever try to believe the best? Love believes the best of every person. I got so free when I found out that I couldn't keep that 1 Corinthians 13 100%. Nobody does. You know, what? what that, that's describing the love of God. Uh, duh. I used to say that, but I really didn't understand what that means. That's the love of God. Only, only Jesus does that 100%. See, our love goes like, if you look at it on a graph, our love is like... <laughs> I mean, we, we, I mean we, we hit 100 sometimes, but then we get, you know, it's just like this. Only God's love is 100 all the time. That was so freeing to understand that because now, Lord, love crawleth through me. See, it's not me trying to do stuff and trying to make the marriage work and try harder. Anybody try to be a good Christian? It doesn't work. See, that's what Paul was describing in Romans 7. He was talking about through his own human effort, like the things that, that I want to do, I don't do. I don't do the things I want to do. He was talking about trying to live the Christian life through his own self-effort. Somebody said, well, it's hard to live a Christian life. It's not hard. It's impossible. <laughs> when you're trying to, trying to do it on your own. But if you abide, if you live by abiding, that fruit is just going to naturally come out of you as you remain in his love. And you'll live holier by accident than you ever could on purpose. Sin will not have dominion over you because you're not under law, self-effort, but you're under grace. And grace changes you from the inside out. But most of Christianity focuses on behavior modification, where Jesus is into transformation. I'm doing better teaching than what you're saying, amen, but that's okay. <laughs> So here, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm way out of time. I just, get, I just go get so excited about this word. Let me just drop this on you. We'll pick up it next time. But this is like the waters of Noah to me. As I have sworn, God swore something over you. You know that? He swore that the waters of Noah would no longer cover the earth. So have I sworn that I would not be angry. with. Well, I just think God's mad at me. He swore he won't be angry with you. This is a result of the cross. I swore that I will never be angry with you nor rebuke you, for the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. Just rest in that. See, anytime you're frustrated and, and, and not resting and you worry, you're anxious about stuff, Stuff, you're tripping about this and that. (laughs) 
We need to rest in his finished work. Thank you, Jesus. He said, my kindness will not depart. I was teaching this one time on an online Bible class, and while I was teaching it, there was a rainbow that came out in the sky. It was wonderful. This just God was just winking at me. He said, preach it, boy. Because I want you to see that whenever you see a rainbow, now you don't have to wait for the rainbow. Remind yourself of this all the time. But when you see it, he'll never, he swore he'll never be angry with me. Because he said, this is like, it's like the waters of Noah to me. And there's a, a promise connected to the waters of Noah that he'll never destroy the earth again with a flood. So he says, it's like this, this right here. I'll never be angry with you. It's like the waters of Noah. To, to me, God said, to me. Say, to me. To me is important, right? God is saying this. I'm not making this up. He swore this. He said, it's like the waters of Noah. To me. Ooh. Just like I swore. I'm going to read it. It's so nice. I'm going to read it twice. It's like the waters of Noah to me, for as I have sworn that the waters of Noah would no longer cover the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be angry with you nor rebuke you. The waters, the mountains can depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart. He'll never stop being kind to you. He never stops. Well, I just think he's mad I messed up. Pastor, I messes up. And I just think that the Lord is mad with me. Do you believe the Bible? Yes. Hallelujah. But, but, but he said, not even your sin will separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And this incorrect teaching is what causes people to run away from God and set it toward him when they mess up. But when you understand, he, he, God's so much into grace, he calls his throne the throne of grace. But people look at it like the throne of judgment. But it's the throne of grace. When you understand that, when you mess up, you say, Papa, I messed up. I just thank you that I'm forgiven, that you forgave me on the cross. And I just thank you, Lord, that I can pick myself back up. It was my mistake. I messed up. I sinned. I've done it. And I thank you that you never stopped loving me, even when I sinned. And that just makes you love him more. Doesn't it? He who knows he's forgiven much, loves much. You appreciate more and more the cross 